All right, you guys, we have another couple from the Family Made Network um, here with us today, and I'm so excited for y'all to meet them. Um, Shannon and Chase Willardson um, are podcasters and content creators, and their story is so inspiring. Just they give us the whole overview of of their family and their navigating um, a really long tumultuous journey of of discovering their two sweet baby girls diagnosis um, of a very, very rare disease called CDG. Um, what that was like um, emotionally, spiritually, give us some really practical encouragement um, of how to advocate in medical situations um, where answers are are very hard to find. Um, and when I say they like represent the spirit of this podcast, to a T. They represent the spirit of this podcast to a T. Like the whole conversation was very honest about the struggles and some of the the darkness they went through to accept this reality for their two baby girls and for their family. Um, but always came back to the active choice to hope and the active choice to celebrate the milestones that their girls and that their family have had. Um, over the course of these last six to seven years um, of them learning how to parent um, two special needs children um, and learning how to maintain, you know, their unity and and stay allies in this marriage um, that can be strained a lot by by the day-to-day demands um, of of what their girls go through and deal with um, and leading their son in how to how to love and understand and and help with his sister. So it's it's so inspiring, y'all. They are just truly faithful, joyful people, and it was it was so beautiful to hear their whole perspective um, through this really hard journey that their family has um, has embraced and has such joy and honor to share with the world. So um, I think everybody is going to love Shannon and Chase. Uh, here they are and enjoy life. Check out their story, y'all. I'm so excited. Um, you guys are the first couple from the Family Made Network that I've got to have in person. Yay! Um, y'all are in from Idaho just for the weekend, and I appreciate you making time to come by and be mm-hmm. on Enjoy Life and, like, get to know y'all a little bit and share your story with all of our people. Um, I'm just so grateful. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to be here, and thank you for having us. It feels like a huge honor, honestly, because we're huge fans of yours, Maddie, and thanks for having us. Oh, it's going to be great. And obviously, uh, we're in Music City. I grew up here, and... I love music, and so mm. because the show's all about joy and music brings me joy, the way that I always like to start is by asking y'all if you had, like, a walkout song for your life right now, like something playing behind you guys into 2023. Like, what's what's your song right now? Oh, man. So I actually knew that you were going to ask. Well, I I'm wasn't glad. sure if you were no, going to ask the question I, or not, but I was like, I sometimes such a people. good question. I was like... <laughs> So I was I was looking up songs and one of the ones that came to me um, was uh, "Happy" by Pharrell Williams. Oh yes! So I think that one's super wow, fun. Got a great one. beat. That's a good one. Yeah, great <laughs> type of emotion that yeah. that I like. So. That's a good way to close out a year, yeah. right? That's fun. Um, I think the one that comes to mind for me is, and this is it's not it's old. It's an older song, but. A little like "Can't Stop the Feeling" by Justin. Oh, I love y'all's vibe. Right, this I'm just morning. like, just give me something upbeat, little peppy. Wasn't that originally from the Trolls? Yeah, movie? totally. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like he's completely leaned into like 
the Pixar right? world. I, I feel agree. like the trolls, the um what was it? Sing. Maybe that wasn't Justin Timberlake. We're gonna I'm this is a rabbit you hole. We what? don't need to go down. <laughs> Y'all have kids, I don't. I'm probably botching these references. Um, well, I was gonna say our son, our son was obsessed with that movie. So love we were that just hearing that too. song nonstop because it was always on. That song. was his go to. No, that's good stuff. That so good that's one. that is a very those are happy walkout songs, yeah. no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> to close out the year. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. But uh okay, like I said, y'all are in from Idaho. Um, you have your own show, Don't Judge, Just Love, which is awesome and tells a lot of your story. Um, lifestyle blogs, content creators, you're just like inspiring people left and right. And uh, for people who don't know you yet, just give us a little bit of y'all's backstory, like how you met, um, how long you've been married, why Idaho, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we met at college, um, been married is it 12 years, Chase? It's going to be 13 in December. All right. <laughs> Going on Congrats. 13. Thank you. Best 13 years of Chase's That's life. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Um, we have three kids. Uh, we have a nine-year-old son, Jack, a seven-year-old daughter, Charlotte. We call her Charlie. Love that. Um, and a five-year-old daughter, Ava. Um, they're our, our whole world, mm. um, as you would expect. Um, yeah, and we... Um, I've been in the content creation game for a hot minute. <laughs> it started with blogging mm -hmm. and then, you know, it's evolved to social media um, and really like started as just, you know, talking about things that I personally liked, like kind of trivial things like clothes and beauty and just stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, but then as we had kids, it evolved into talking about our family life um, and our story just it's evolved in a unique way and kind of a, an unexpected way for us. Um, our two daughters are disabled and they have a super rare genetic disease um, that Chase and I are both carriers of without, we didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're severely impacted by that. They're nonverbal, they're non-walking, um, developmentally probably about a year old roughly. Mm. Um, and so, we talk a lot about that and just yeah. kind of showing um, our family life in the way that like m all family creators do, but obviously it's just kind of a different mm -hmm. take on it for us. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what we do. Was there, since you were already mm -hmm. in this space before, I, I believe before mm -hmm. having your kids, was there any hesitance on either of your part mm -hmm. once you, started down you know this lifelong journey with your girls to maybe pull back or like hesitance to share that with people or was it right off the bat like this is a purpose that we have kind of thing um <clears throat> i don't know if it was like i, I don't th i think we were just we didn't even know what was going on mm -hmm. like i think that was the like it wasn't i don't feel like it was super intentional at first but i feel like it's definitely turned into that and become that mm -hmm. very much but yeah, at first I think we were as surprised as anyone else because we were kind of along this journey of we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And so yeah. we were just kind of capturing our family point. and what was going on and and sharing with people, you know, who had followed Shannon's kind of creator journey before. And it was actually really nice to have people along that journey mm. um, because there's a, you start to realize that you're not alone. Yeah. And you start to realize that there are a lot of other people that are have, have similar situations um, or things happen in their lives where you can provide kind of, uh, I know your podcast is about joy, but you can provide that, that joy or hope or, yeah. or light that yeah. like 
they can look forward to that it's you know hey even though it might be tough um there are positive Mm -hmm. you know things that you can find in each of each of those things that happen in your life Mm -hmm. yeah and the solidarity you know what i mean like yeah just for people to feel less alone yeah um you know like chase said initially it was all unfolding for for us as it was unfolding for like our audience right like Mm -hmm. and we were kind of sharing in real time and and to your point like navigating okay what do we share in real time what do we hold back on until Mm -hmm. we know and can process it ourselves um and that's been a learning curve too because like with our first daughter um we didn't get her diagnosis until she was about a year old Mm -hmm. so we had no idea and that was a bit more in real time I would say that we were sharing just like updates about how she was doing and then with our second daughter um I knew at 13 weeks pregnant that Mm. she had CDG that's what the disease is called um, and we didn't share that she had the diagnosis until she was, I don't know, a few months old. Yeah. Because I just like, I didn't, I wasn't, I yeah, needed, needed to process it. to do it, it on your own totally. together. Yeah. I think that's such an interesting line to toe in this space that we all sort of operate in. And I empathize with that a lot and everything that I sort of went through pretty immediately and publicly. And, and I think... What was surprising to me, what I hear from y'all and like what I know is true, even of Sean and Andrew's story, which I think is such a cool (laughs) kind of blessing from the Lord, is that like people assume that we just share out of some valiant place of like wanting to help others. And that is truly at at our hearts. But I think initially, like what you said, Chase, and what I felt is like it was just as much for me to not feel alone and like to have that (laughs) opportunity for people to be like, me too, you're helping me so much. But all the time I felt like I needed to be like, girl, you're making me feel like I'm not the only one. Yeah, like, like you're helping me. And it's me. such a reciprocal relationship. And I just feel like that's a unique scenario that that can be a blessing to those of us like on the other side of the screen, so to speak. For and, sure. And so I'm glad that y'all felt that at least in yeah. your journey as much as you've helped other people. And it's just a cool, unique thing. Um, it's the beautiful side of social media. Yeah, yes, right? which I feel like doesn't get as much airtime. Agreed. As it should. Agreed. But will you tell us a little bit more about, you know, Charlie and Ava's story specifically? Charlie, you know, being your oldest, she said you didn't find out until she was a year old. But it was it was a long journey to get that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning of that, like, were there did y'all have sort of intuition? Something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Was it like brought up by doctors? Like, how did that even begin? Yeah. Um. So she. I don't think it really started to present itself until she was about what she's like four months old. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I mean, for all we knew we had had a perfectly healthy, I had a totally normal pregnancy, no issues at Mm. all, you know, normal delivery, all the things. Um, and then when she was about a year old, we took her to like a routine checkup and she had lost weight. Shortly after that, she started having um, this really specific type of seizure that happens in infants. It's called infantile Mm. spasms. Um, But even that was like very, just the way that that looks, we didn't really know. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like a startle reflex. Mm -hmm. And so we we didn't know for sure if it was, if something was going on. Anyway. And actually like a real, real quick on social media, because of people posting videos on YouTube of what an infantile spasm looks like. And it actually gave us kind of the courage to like go to the emergency room to be like, hey, 
Something's, like, something's not right. Like yeah. this isn't, this doesn't look normal. Yeah. We yeah. found a YouTube video yeah. that wow. someone had posted. Yeah. And we were like, oh my gosh, that looks like what she's doing. Yeah. And like race to the ER. Mm. Um, and that's when they started doing just tests and tests and tests. And it was over the course of a year, like I said, before yeah. we actually got her diagnosis. But, um, but it was so early on that, you know, it wasn't like she was missing milestones mm-hmm. yet necessarily. Um, so I would say like this, the seizures were really the thing that kind of tipped us off. And then losing weight. Yeah. yeah. She, lost, she had failure to thrive. She'd lost like two pounds yeah. when she was four months old. So <laughs> she went from like 10 pounds to eight pounds. Right. And you don't have much weight to lose yeah, at that yeah, point. And yeah. so we were in the hospital for that. And then after that, you know, the seizures and yeah. And I think there's something to be said for, um, I kind of want to put this out there just in case someone needs to hear this. I don't know, but you know, when you, of course, you never want to think that there's something seriously wrong medically with your child, right? Um, and I think it can be a really natural reaction to almost want to be in denial. Mm, you know? Sure, absolutely. And to kind of like maybe brush something off that you've seen or um, just kind of bury some of those like mm-hmm. gut feelings yeah. because you don't want that to be no, the case. Of course. Um, and, you know, I, I just, I want to put out there that like, that I think that's a really normal feeling to have. Mm. I'm so grateful that yeah. we pursued that obviously mm-hmm. and explore and like, like kind of tried to combat that feeling yeah. um, because ultimately it is, it is whatever it's going to be and, right. and getting those answers is like, that's what you need to do. Yeah. I think that is so normal. I mean, it's really like our heart trying to protect us, right? Totally. And trying to hope for the best, which we should do. But then also, wouldn't you rather take steps as quickly as possible to try to right. have an understanding and, and find the tools that you need? And I wonder just practically for you guys when this was happening in the whatever eight-month time frame of, of really waiting and wondering and testing, like, did you kind of dive and do your own research? I feel like there's this universal, like, don't Google things. But <laughs> yeah. it's also very difficult because, yeah. you know, doctors are difficult to get into and there's a waiting period. And usually even when you get in, it's such a quick interaction because it's their profession. It's not their child, you know, and as helpful as they are, it's their job. And and so, like, did you feel like that helped equip you or did it add more anxiety? I mean, like... I feel like as we were going along the journey, there were all these different things that they were presenting as possible mm-hmm. diagnoses. And they um, were all like bad. They were, they <laughs> like, were really bad. Like yeah. They were all like, it was like, oh, and and this know, is fatal. This might, yeah, yeah, this is a fatal you know, disease and, we're, and, and it might be this. But we also learned, I think at that point, that um, a lot of doctors, uh, I mean, all doctors, I think are, they're like guessing, right? Like mm. based on their their knowledge and their experience, like, on all the symptoms that they're seeing, keep touching the mic, sorry. <laughs> um, on all the, you know, everything that they're seeing, it's like, this is our best guess. Mm-hmm. And educated and they've gotten really guess, good. Right? Yeah, educated guess, but we've gotten really good at certain things. But for our, you know, specific scenario, I think it was unique in that the doctors were also along the journey with us. Mm. And so even our neurologist, who had been a neurologist for almost 30 years, had only diagnosed one other. No, she had never diagnosed no, Never, it. okay. It was she never, had yeah. explored it with one other patient. Wow. Yeah, so once we actually like figured out what it was, then we did all the research, yes. right? Right. But to Chase's point, it was very it was such a unique scenario and so odd for us because like 
our, like he was saying, our doctor didn't know anything about it either. Mm -hmm. And she was literally Googling and finding the same things we were. Yeah. And it's such a rare, I know. That's crazy. Because it is so rare. It's so rare. And that was the other kind of obstacle we ran into is that there wasn't a lot to find. Yeah. To be honest. I think I've heard you say, so CDG, there's a bunch of different specific kinds of CDG. Correct. And the one, Charlie and Ava have the same kind. Yeah. And there's like 20 something people in the history of humans. Yeah. That have their kind. Yep. So it's really miraculous that they narrowed this down in right. the time that they did. Um, did you have points where you were like, this is a dead end. Like, we're never going to find anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think actually this was kind of our last chance before kind of being bucketed into this um, sort of umbrella. cerebral palsy kind of. Mm. They, they didn't know what it was. And she yeah. was they're like, it's probably some form or variation of cerebral palsy. And we were like... Which is okay. kind of like, it can be kind of an umbrella diagnosis mm-hmm. yeah. with, yeah, not super specific. Yeah. And we were worried, like, are we going to end up in like non-diagnosis land? Because that's a mm, thing. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. And when we met our community of other CDG parents, there there are some, you know, parents that had gone 30 plus years um, <gasps> oh, not knowing, you know, what their kids had and um, and just, you know. Not like treating the symptoms, mm-hmm. the different things that came up, but they didn't really know. Right. What, like, what do we do? Like, wh- yeah. where's the community where we can, we can plug in? It's like, totally. oh, it's kind of like this. <clears throat> it's kind of like that, but it's also different. That's yeah. So, so hard. So being able to get an actual diagnosis was such a huge blessing. But yeah, I mean, there were so many points along the road where we're like, is that ever going to happen? Like, yeah. You know? Well, yeah. and y'all kept fighting for it, which I'm sure was exhausting and so scary and. I'm just so thankful that you did and that you've arrived where you are and y'all can be a voice for people in this community. And it's y'all are advocates for advocacy, really, I think is such a huge part of your message. And and just to speak to people about how crucial it is to not give up. Yes. Amen. Well, and I do want to say, too, like we were blessed to have a really good doctor. Our neurologist was great and Mm -hmm. was very like on board with we're just going to keep digging but had we not had that type of doctor, yeah. you know, not everyone does. And I think it's so important to just mention that, to your point, like advocate mm. for yourself, for your children. Um, make sure you're working with providers that you feel like are invested mm-hmm. in your case and in your story. Um, because they're not, I mean, and not to say anything disparaging about medical professionals because they're wonderful. But, you know, you can feel that like when. For sure when your yeah. provider is invested and truly like yeah. here for it yeah. or not. Yeah, you know? there is an intuition element to that, yeah. especially, no offense, Chase, for moms, like <laughs> yeah. the mother's yeah. intuition yeah. and to fight for that. But it is just practically speaking, is there anything specific you would encourage parents who may be in that waiting or trying to, to find a diagnosis, like specific tests or questions or anything that like really helped push y'all toward that final diagnosis? Um, One thing I'll say as you're yeah. thinking about um, is Shannon is great at this, but just asking, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Yeah. And um, even if they don't know the answer by asking those questions, I think you'll understand more of, am I asking the right questions? And and then also the second thing is try to plug into communities. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, How but, did y'all find a community of CDG parents, especially with something so rare? So again, we were really blessed because our neurologist, she 
randomly, even though oh, yeah. the disease is so rare, she was connected with someone who um, it was in our rare disease community. Oh, wow. And I think he was the one who kind of plugged us in and was like, you need to join this Facebook group and mm -hmm. all the things. Um, and now that's part of why we try to be really open about their diagnosis so yeah. that we can help, help other people help plug in. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everything Chase said, I fully agree with. Like we asked tons of questions of both our doctor and, and other parents. I mean, mm -hmm. especially in our scenario where it's rare, the parents sometimes are greater wealth of knowledge than mm. the medical they professionals. Yeah. Because it's like yeah, yeah, it's their world. Right? They're yeah. living it, exactly. Yeah. I think, I mean, I would just preach this until my last day. Like, there is nothing <laughs> more valuable than than not feeling isolated in yes. whatever you're going through, especially something so unique. And I remember feeling that way, just being so young, you know, and being widowed and thinking, like, I'm the only 28-year-old this has ever happened to. And right. the more open you become, the more I realize, absolutely not, like, heartbreakingly, there are tons of really young women who go through this. There are parents who have struggled for a year to 30 years to find out that their kids have CDG and just right. the power of that is undeniable. And I'm just glad y'all found that. And obviously if anyone is in that camp, go follow the Willardsons and y'all can help plug them in. And it's just awesome that you do that. Thank but you. Yeah. I wonder, so like you mentioned, you're both carriers, um, obviously, recessive. I don't know if that's the mm -hmm. word. I'm like yeah. going no. back to like yeah. seventh yeah. grade yeah. biology. You're doing great. Um, your your great. biology Nailed teacher it. would be so happy. A plus. Um, <laughs> so after Charlie, you know, what what was that like to to know that, to see, you know, that she had acquired that gene and like desire more family? I mean, that's really that there's a lot of fear in that, I'm sure. Yeah, that was like the next chapter of this crazy <laughs> life journey we've been on. Um because that was, I rem I like distinctly remember the conversation we had with our neurologist where we were discussing the diagnosis and and you know kind of what that would look like. And one of the things she talked about us talked to us about was, um, you know, now you have like because this is genetic, any future children that you have have a twenty five percent chance of also having this disease. Yeah, that's a big percentage. Yeah, and I just felt like my stomach drop because mm. it just meant like oh my gosh we don't get to just like I mean I guess we could but it's it's like just rolling the dice mm -hmm. if we continue to just try to get pregnant naturally yeah. um and so we started at that point uh, kind of almost immediately like just doing our research on IVF because mm -hmm. that's when we learned that through IVF you can if you have an actual diagnosis they can isolate a specific gene and test embryos. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible medical technology. Like, it's insane. But yeah, they can um, test embryos for specific genes, wow. diagnoses. And so we that was when we realized, like, okay, if we want more kids, that's the route we're going to go down. Mm. Um, and then, you know, God had other plans for that season of our life because then, you know, obviously we were fully preventing yeah and suddenly I was pregnant it was about two and a half years later I guess mm -hmm. um I was pregnant with Ava um and we call it's it wild we call it our version of the Im immaculate conception yeah, not to so. be not to be sacrilegious <laughs> but I mean no. that's, that's literally how it yeah felt because it's not that I had trouble getting pregnant with our first two but but we had we were trying like, right in it all wasn't those instances. immediate yeah and it yeah. wasn't immediate so 
to be like fully preventing and then to wind up, you know, with a yeah. surprise pregnancy. And then she had the diagnosis as well. It just all felt like, okay, like clearly mm. this is not in our hands. This was meant to be because there's just no other explanation. Do you remember the feeling of finding out, A, I'm pregnant again and wondering for 13 mm -hmm. weeks, 15 weeks, whatever it was, is this going to be Ava's story? And then like confirming that it was true. I mean, w does this feel surreal? Like what was that like? Well, um, I remember at first we were excited and then like immediately you're like, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. And then I panic. That, oh. Yeah, panic. And, mm -hmm. and so I think there was this kind of waiting period from when we found out that she was pregnant to mm -hmm. like when we could actually test for it. And I actually remember, um, I think they had called and left a message and it sounded like what they were sharing was positive mm. that like that um, Ava didn't have it. And then I remember we connected with the mm -hmm. doctor the next day and it ended up that she did mm. have it. And I think at that point it was just, again, we, we knew what we were kind of walking into, um, but it didn't make it any less hard, I think, to... Um, to hear that news. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the first person I called after I found out I was pregnant was the geneticist. Literally before I called Chase <laughs> to tell him, I called her geneticist. <laughs> I'm finding this out now. Yeah, I don't know if you Man. knew that. No. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. that. That is, that was the first call I made because I was like, like Chase said, I mean, I was excited because we want, we wanted more yeah. kids, you know? Um, I was excited shocked um and then immediately the yeah. panic of like Ugh, oh my gosh I hate that. um and i want to be open about the fact that like that for me was like the dark season if i'm being totally honest like i would think so yeah like when we found out that ava also had the diagnosis that was like really really hard for me mm -hmm. um and it was i mean the 13 weeks waiting to find out was torture Brutal. Yeah. torture if Ugh. i'm being honest um and then the rest of that pregnancy was a little bit torture too um just because i, I feel like i was just kind of in a state of shock mm -hmm. like i couldn't believe it mm -hmm. um because like i said we had been preventing suddenly we're pregnant yeah we're like kind of, you know i i think like also again just like full honest transparency went before we knew that ava had the diagnosis and we found out we were pregnant it was like that excitement of like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be, you know, kind of like such a cool part of our story that like yeah. we got accidentally yeah. pregnant and she's mm. healthy and yes. we didn't have to do IVF. And, you know, so then yeah. when she had the diagnosis, my initial reaction almost felt like we'd got like punked or something, yeah. you know, yeah. like it was just so weird. And, and I'm not someone who had ever had feelings of like anger toward God or mm -hmm. like frustration toward God per se, you know? Um, but that was probably the closest I've ever been to any of those feelings mm -hmm. of just kind of being like, are you serious? Yeah. Like what the yeah. heck, you know? <laughs> well, and how couldn't you truly like punked is funny, but that's, that is the feeling like, yeah. because especially with the scenario y'all were in, it's like getting that positive pregnancy test feels like a miracle just because right. of all of the circumstances right. right and so the inclinations as people of faith is like wow like this is our this is our family's redemption story like exactly. this is how this is like our testimony to the world and then 
when that is completely, when it feels completely the opposite of a miracle, right? When you get that diagnosis, you do feel punked, you feel let down and, and very confused. And, and I empathize with that on so many ways. And, and I know many people do in whatever their experiences. And it's just, it tests you in such a way. And, and I appreciate you being honest about how, I don't know, disappointed, I, betrayed is a strong word, but that was a way that I felt for a yeah. while. Um, because I think if we don't allow ourselves that period, we don't, we'll never get back to honest relationship, right? With totally. God, because we should be disappointed. Like, that's not what we feel like we deserve. <laughs> I mean, I don't think. That wasn't the plan. No, yeah. and and so I just, I'm so grateful for you sort of giving people permission to feel that way. Right. And um, Well, and I think that makes it more powerful then when you can evolve in those feelings to a place where you, you no longer feel that way. Mm, yeah. You know, because then people know like, Okay, it's not that they just are this saint who never had yeah. any of those no. feelings, but oh my gosh, look how they they got through them, yeah. and that gives me hope that I can also get mm. through it. You know, and also that that those feelings in that dark season won't be permanent. I think yeah. there's a fear of people to really let themselves grieve something because they think I'm gonna get stuck. Like totally. this is gonna be my whole life, and or there's like shame in the grief. Yeah, or, you yeah. Know, yeah. What what helped both of you sort of come back out of that, I don't want to say hopeless, but really disappointed season? Um, I think our faith yeah. had a lot to, mm. to do with that. Um, and just knowing that uh, we have this saying that we've said to each other that like things don't always work out as, as we've planned, sure. but sometimes they work out better than we could have planned for ourselves. Yeah. And so um, I, I definitely feel like that was the case for us because it gave us a, an opportunity to kind of pause uh, with our girls because they were developmentally delayed and they're kind of paving their own path and there's 20, you yeah. know, in the world. It's like, what does this look like? We don't exactly know. Mm -hmm. And so every single milestone that Charlie and Ava would hit and they continued to, you know, to hit and achieve, um, we celebrate it, you know, mm, and we're, so just, good. we're just so happy and, and excited. And then it, I was thinking about this morning, but even with our son, um, who's typically developing and, and nine years old, I feel like it it makes us um, be more present with him. Mm, like that yeah. we re we recognize that each and every milestone that he's achieving as well. Yeah, you kind of appreciate um, it. You appreciate more. it even mm, more. Like so you're like, man, that is awesome. And I'm sure some other parents were like, I mean, like my kid <laughs> yeah. last week or like a year ago <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. We're like, that was amazing. Like so, I just um, I feel like we. Yeah, we find the the joy in those little mm. moments um, of whatever that progress or development looks like for any one of our kids. That's yeah. so awesome. I mean, it, it really, that mindset and perspective changes your life. Like Shannon, we were kind of talking about this before we started rolling. It's, we're never thankful for the hardships, right, that we're right. given, but there is a lot of treasure in it when we, when we navigate it faithfully and together and you know with as hopeful of a of a mindset as we can and on the other side I think is what you said Chase it's like the gift of presence and the gift of like celebration and yeah. just every little thing becomes a thing to celebrate because you know there was such darkness and fear and right. and that when you endure well and and really get to the other side that that is one of the treasures of of suffering is like richer joy and that's why I love these sort of conversations and 
people like you guys and it, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. Yeah, it's like the gift of perspective. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, well, now can you give us a little bit of a look, you know, of what y'all's family looks like? Like what um, CDG kind of looks like in your daily life now? The girls are, you said uh, seven, six? Seven and, and five. Yeah. Ava just turned five. Um, Charlie turns eight in March, so she'll be eight soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, kind of going back to your your previous question, I mean, part of what has gotten us through that dark season too is once Ava was here and then watching them grow together, that that mm. is what has done it because they have, well, and, sorry, and our faith. Our faith is what has done it. But also being able to see, I feel like they have just manifested um, that you know, testimony that we have that this was meant to be mm. because we see their relationship and their mm -hmm. little connection. And it just feels like, okay, like yeah. they, they had some little pact before, yeah. you know, before we all came here that yeah. they were in this together. Yeah. Little buddies. Yeah. So they didn't have to do it alone. <laughs> exactly. Truly. That's, that yeah. is, almost brings me to tears. They just That's had amazing. like the sweetest little bond and, um, and just the, like the feeling that they bring into our home is it is so cool. And I feel so cheesy when I try to describe this, but like, but I'm being so serious. Like it is just something very singular and so special, mm -hmm. you know? And so Chase and I always talk about like, we feel like we're the lucky ones because mm. we get to experience both of yeah. that. Like he was saying, like we, it's so fun with our typically developing son to get to go through all those, yeah. you know, milestones that you hope and expect to go through. Yeah. Um, But then we have this like, these little girls who are perfect yeah. and like so pure and so pure, yeah yeah and like so close to Jesus just all the things and um and it really is like so beautiful and special so sorry that was a huge tangent from your question but um you know their day to day is we have tons of appointments we have you know they go to school mm -hmm. um we do a lot of therapy um but they also just spend a lot of time hanging out yeah and um, they're kind of our little, I think of them as like my little right hand <laughs> ladies. <so> great. <laughs> um, you know, and I remember like one of the one of the other realizations we came to early on was like that we would probably never be empty nesters, right? Mm. Um, because our girls would be dependent on us for the rest of our lives. Um, but that's like one of my favorite parts. Really? Yeah. Cause I I'm just, it took a minute to get there. You know what? Like one of my friends said it to me actually. It was um, a friend of mine when we were like initially going through this. I'm just like, but just think like you'll never have to be sad that they're going to move out or that they're going to, mm. you know, like you're going to miss them. Or And I was just like, yeah, mm. you're right. Like I and kind again, of like choosing that perspective. Yeah. You could choose a, a much less positive perspective, <laughs> True. On that, you know, True. <laughs> yeah, but they're I'm like happy about that. Like they're just our little. Our besties. Yeah. I call them like my living therapist because <laughs> oh, that's so whenever sweet. I'm sad, like I'll just go snuggle one of my girls and I swear, again, this sounds so cheesy, but I'm not even lying. It's just like instantly mm. I just feel better. Like yeah. they're they're just a little live in hug all the time, you know? So Y'all have talked about Jack, your son, who is nine. Yeah. Um what was that like navigating, sort of communicating with him? Um, hey, listen, like, this is how mm -hmm. your sisters are always going to be different. This is how our life is going to be. That's so hard because he was, I mean, probably a toddler 
yeah. when it started. What? What? Very how was young. that? How do you speak to other parents who maybe mm-hmm. have a sibling or a child that they need to walk through all that with? Yeah. I mean, I want to be really honest and say, like, we're still figuring that yeah. out. You know, like, I think one of the things that can be challenging is um, there's no there's no rule book or playbook mm. that's written for any of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've like, I also feel like there's, I wish there was a bit more out there on um, parenting a sibling of, um, yeah. you know, different I mean, that's huge. Kids. You would think there would be. Yeah. yeah. And there's... There's some, but not a ton. Um, and so we've kind of been like just trying to figure that out ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I know initially part of our feeling was like I didn't necessarily – I wanted to always be really transparent and honest with Jack in like answering his questions. But I also didn't want to necessarily like put questions there where they didn't sure. exist yeah, yet. That makes sense. Because I also, I wanted to give him the opportunity to just see his sisters as his sisters and mm-hmm. not like his sisters with a disability right. or, you know, like. Yeah, to come at it in his own time and. Yeah, yeah. and to like gain his own like um, perspective, I guess, on who they are. Because mm-hmm. they're more than their disability. Absolutely. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And their relationship is more than just like, here's my disabled, here are my disabled sisters. And so we tried to be careful about like um, presenting too much information, but also wanting to, you know, inform him enough that it wasn't just this big question mark for him, especially as he's gotten older and like he does know more. Yeah. He does kind of realize like, okay, my situation is unique Mm -hmm. in comparison to like friends and things like that. So we've talked more about that, but it's kind of been really cool to see how he has Mm. responded to all Mm -hmm. of it because to him, like. That's just, that's all he's known. Yeah. Those are just his sisters. Well, for what it's worth, he's on a couple of y'all's podcasts and he is (laughs) precious. Like, precious. And I just feel like this very inherent feeling that just he will be the kindest man, you know, (laughs) in in his adult age going through just everything, being raised in this environment with that empathy and care and just lack of judgment to go back to y'all's podcast kind of topic i he's just precious i've i Thank enjoyed you. hearing him on y'all's show <laughs> we're real big fans of that yeah. kid. yeah and my one like biological nephew's name is jack so like i feel like <laughs> connection <laughs> to everyone it's a good name. um how would you just sort of to to kind of speak to all the parents as we have been like how do you encourage those people who may be in a similar situation in just enduring the strain i'm sure it puts on a marriage mm. What do you think, Chase? Yeah, I mean, I yes, I think it does. <laughs> um, I think um, going on dates uh, with your spouse, um, I think, is is important. Making time uh, as a couple, I think, also making mm. time for yourself. Like mm. we both have things that we enjoy doing, and uh, um, taking care of yourself <laughs> so that you can take care of your kids. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing too. Yes to all of that. Um, And also just remembering like and choosing to, you know, to our point of all of this, like choosing the perspective like we're in this together, Mm. you know, because things really hard things like that, really unexpected things. I feel like they put your marriage at a crossroads almost where you can either let it kind of push you away from each Mm -hmm. other or let it bring you closer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think it's a choice. Yeah. Because to your point, like there are these stresses that come with that, that like you don't have a lot of control over and that you sometimes don't know how it's going to affect how you are doing emotionally. 
right? And that all bleeds into your marriage. Um, And, you know, we're not perfect at this by any means, of course, but like we've tried to make a point, like one of the sort of, um, I don't know, foundational factors of our marriage, like just really open communication Um, and seeing it as like we're in this together Mm -hmm. and we're not going to let these things put a wedge between us. We're going to have it bring us closer. Yeah. I think that like team spirit and we're in this together really helps when, I mean, cause not every day is the same. Like sometimes mm-hmm. Shan, ha- like she's really busy. And so like, even though we, we divide and conquer quite a bit, um, there's times where it's like, Hey, I need your help to like do a lot of this extra stuff mm-hmm. today. And so I'm able to do that or like vice versa if I have, you know, busy days. And so I feel like we don't get too um, caught up in like, gender old gender roles and i think we're like very flexible and like we we just want to make we want to make it you know easier for the other person and and we want to make sure that our kids are getting getting taken care of you know in the right way and and so i think that uh that helps a lot yeah yeah to maintain like we're allies in everything that comes up yeah Yeah. like even if that means compromise and somebody gives a little bit more like right we're we're walking the same path we're fighting the same battle together and let me be clear about something because again i just i want to keep it real with people i don't want anyone to get the impression that the way this always looks like behind closed doors for me and chase is we're just this like we're always so sweet to each other and we're always so supportive and you know like (laughs) i think something we've tried to be really honest about is like sometimes the way that unfolds in our dynamic is like just being ornery with each other you yeah. know and it's actually something we're like currently working on because I do think we do a great job of like supporting each other but it's not always like with some huge smile yeah. on our face right <laughs> yeah or like or yeah. or not being in a mood like we'll get moody yeah and our thing that we, like we've made this our thing is like we just try to like snap out as quickly as we may snap in yeah that's to good. a mood yeah and just kind of call each other yeah. on it. Like, like going, you can be there, get it out, and then shut it, like move on. Exactly. Like That's going right. back to that open communication, like yeah. we'll just call it and be like, you know, yeah, I'm in a mood. I'm, <laughs> like, I, I'm yeah. annoyed with you right now, but yeah. I wouldn't rather be annoyed with anyone else. Yes, you know, that's so good. <laughs> like, comp- what do they call it? Compliment sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> like, you're beautiful. You're driving me crazy. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> exactly. And you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah. That's good. And that's just like, that is the reality. So it's yeah. not just like, I just don't want anyone to think like. Totally. It's, you know? Yeah. But even that is part of like, what makes our dynamic work? Because like, we've almost just accepted like, yeah you know, we're going to have our moments where we're like irritable with each other, Henri or whatever, but like, but we're going to work on that. Mm -hmm. And also even in those moments, remember, like we're on the same team. We freaking love each other. We're, we're like, we're doing this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, your show I want to talk about is called don't judge, just love. Um, why was this the message? Like this come primarily after sort of sharing your story with the world, with the girls? Was it something that just like was on your hearts individually before that? Like it's such an important message. Um, It was Chase's idea to use it as the name for our podcast. I like to give him credit for that (laughs) because it's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it originated from like as we started. I mean, we've always been really open about our story, but I think we were surprised by um, when we started encountering uh, like trolls, I want to say, mm. like 
people yeah. who were no this this like not the, not the trolls movie a different one. right this is not <laughs> right. Justin Timberlake in cartoon yeah. we're talking about yeah. right people who were mean and yeah. who were super critical and just were saying things that we were kind of like whoa shocked by shocked by yeah like we didn't know that someone could have such an ugly perspective about you know our scenario or and like it gets really dark you know like I'm not gonna go into like people being mean about our actual girls because even that happens and that's just like unbelievable truly. Uh, like truly unbelievable yeah. if you're one of those people like god help you it's yeah. just you know but um but it yeah that's really where it originated from because there were there were suddenly all these moments where I was like oh my gosh like mm. you don't know us and yeah. you don't know our story and people would be making assumptions especially as we started being open about IVF and wanting more kids like I understand that I guess that can be like a controversial topic or like kind of polarizing, but we felt like people would miss huge pieces of our story and why we were doing what we were doing. Not that we needed to necessarily justify it to anybody, but they would cast judgments with like no information Mm -hmm. or false information or missing these huge pieces of our story. And we just felt like we just, yeah, yeah, it was icky. Yeah. Should we, do we even engage with those people or you just? I mean. So um, (laughs) one of the many things I love about Shannon is how she um, can respond to those people Mm. that do kind of place judgment. Um, I feel like uh, she does a really good job of. Sometimes. Not not every time. She does a really good job of of helping them um, maybe step back for a second Mm -hmm. and. and I think a lot of the time you'll you'll kind of it was something that you would say you're like I hope that when you comment in someone else's you know story or, or something else in the future that um, maybe you'll withhold a little you know or Just think twice doing, or... think twice or or not be quite as so quick to judge mm-hmm. um, but but you let them down in a way that like doesn't make them feel stupid it just makes them feel like hey mm. maybe I just need to step back for a second and like. Would, like would you you don't say it like this but like would you really say that to someone if they were sitting right here yeah like, i think that's right. such yeah. a obvious thing that people forget <laughs> in the in whatever digital age i don't care if that makes yes. you sound like i'm 60 but like <laughs> it is true like there's a you know just very common phrase like it's hard to hate people up close and like yeah if you thought about sitting where we're sitting now would you say that right like simple filter totally well i i feel like people just forget that you're a real, a real person, person. Yeah. yeah, that you're an actual yeah, real person. with a person. real family. Yes. Yeah. And so to answer your question, like, no, we don't engage with those people. Like, we do it in very small amounts, but every so often, it's like, we'll get a hand, like, just endless troll um, comments, and I'll respond to, like, five or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, And I kind of do sometimes, though, like, to do it because I don't know, like, I know some people will see the response, um, and I've been shocked several times that like the original commenter will apologize Mm, really that has happened multiple times where i've been like whoa that's that's because i think a pleasant surprise yeah very (laughs) pleasant surprise but it's kind of this moment and obviously that's not always the case but um you can tell people the original commenters like this has happened where they've had a moment of being like oh that is a real person and like yeah because i'll try to say something that sort of like attempts to bring them back to themselves like I bet you're kinder in real life or like, Mm. wow, that's so generous, you know, or like, I bet that people who know you wouldn't think you would make a comment like this. Yeah. 
Because I think people just like, you get behind a screen, you forget you're talking to someone who's real, and you say things that like, you, you really, yeah. yeah, like are not a reflection True. of who you really are, mm. you know? And well, we all do it, right? Like the way we yeah. talk about celebrities are just yeah. people that we yeah. feel, you kind of forget about people's Yeah, humanity. there's like a human distance between. Mm -hmm. Exactly. very unfortunate. Yeah. But, well, that takes a tremendous amount of grace. I think I'm very inspired by that. <laughs> well, don't give me too much credit. I've, I've had my moments too, but. <laughs> well, if y'all don't listen to Don't Judge, Just Love, go listen to it. There's so much more encouraging, funny, just endearing about y'all's story and your family. And uh, I'm so grateful to know you and know a little bit more about it. And I know there's a lot of people out there who feel like less isolated now than they did before. And Appreciate uh, that. so I'm super Hope grateful. So. And your family is adorable. It is 1000% worth the Halloween photos, <laughs> all the girls like dress up videos. I mean, they are just fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. We appreciate but, that. Um, well, we can keep talking all day, but we have parties know, to right? go to this I weekend. Know. We have we conferences. To do. Um, how we love to end the show is just to simply ask, like, what's something bringing y'all joy right now? Mm. Chase, you go first. I got to think. I think, uh, like, in this, like, meeting people like you, and I think through the podcast and through the Family Made Network, it's been awesome to just meet um, just really inspiring, uplifting, um, good people mm, true and so that's what i'm grateful for today like you today know, in the, in, let's in, do in the it presence yeah yeah. Oh, yeah choose positive people i'm telling yeah. you agreed i have to second that i also have to say just this season that we're moving into um love this season like there's so much <laughs> i wish you could see like how excited she gets about is like, your christmas tree about already fall. up it is it she, might be up. Christmas it might be up. Up I don't think that Halloween will be alarming happened. when this airs. But just as a note, it is November third. But honestly, I'm I'm here for November. Put it up. It's so much work. What you want to look at it for you. four weeks? <laughs> Thank That's you. a waste of energy. That's why. Yeah. That's why it's, it's so too fun. much work. But no, I just love this season. It's there's so much togetherness. You know, the focus of gratitude and and mm. the savior and just all. It's like my favorite time of year. Girl, so. me too. I love it. I love it. And I bet y'all get a snowy Christmas. In we do. Idaho. We do nice. get a Pretty jealous of that. Yeah. It's here you like roll the dice. It could be 35 and raining or 70. Like yeah, really? you never know. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> Tennessee weather is very unpredictable. Unpredictable. So there you go. But you guys go follow the Willardsons. Follow Shannon on Instagram. Follow Don't Love, Don't Judge, Just Love. Always love. Yeah. Um, and y'all are the Willardson family on YouTube. Willardson we can keep track on YouTube, of Shannon all of your happenings, everything going and on. And TikTok, I guess. Yeah. yeah, and TikTok. Yeah. Excellent. I don't do that, but I should. Yeah. It's too much to keep up with. It's I'm, too I'm much. not that entertaining. Um, but guys, I'm so grateful to know you. Thanks for being Likewise. here. Likewise. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, this is wonderful. Y'all are the best. Thanks. Thank you.